This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night and it's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we look forward to the forthcoming flat racing season. We talked to some trainers after their horses ran at Cheltenham. And Colin Brown and Dave Wilson will be here with their usual tips for the weekend. Plus all the news and fixtures. So join us and let's look back on Cheltenham. Well, it's all over. Cheltenham's finished. But what a fantastic four days of racing we had. And well done to Rachel Blackmore. What an achievement. The Gold Cup and the Champion Hurdle. Fantastic riding. And one day we hope we'll get an interview with Rachel. But in the meantime... Let's look to our usual format of first of all news and then the fixtures. And then we should be looking forward to the flat racing season. But we'll start first of all with all the news from Mike Pan. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's racing news with all the news that is news from the racing media. That does include racing TV, the racing post and of course the sporting life. And now, with the Cheltenham Festival over for another year, and while we may have to wait 12 months for Jump Racing's best four days to return, there is plenty of exciting meetings to still look forward to, none more so than Aintree's Grand National Meeting. Plenty of stars on show at Cheltenham will also turn up at Liverpool, but so too will some who skipped engagements at Presbury Park with the sole aim of Aintree. We have taken a look at who some of them are. First up is Brave Man's Game at the Mildmay Novices Chase or the Manifesto Novices Chase. One of the more obvious candidates, all roads now lead to Merseyside with one of Britain's best novice chasers of the season, following his dramatic withdrawal from the Brown Advisory last week. Paul Nichols pulled the seven-year-old out of the race with just minutes to spare due to testing conditions, after which the trainer criticised Cheltenham Clark of the course John Pullin for watering the day before and immediately pointed to Aintree as the next logical target. The obvious race would be the mild May novices chase over three miles one furlong, but Brave Man's game could drop back to two miles four furlong for the manifesto should connections not fancy a potential clash against Brown Advisory 1-2 Long Press and Ahoy Senor. Next up is Noob Negra at the Melling Chase. Another whose chances at Cheltenham were completely scuppered due to Wednesday's deluge. The Dan Skelton train star could bid for compensation in the two-mile four-furlong Grade 1 chase. The eight-year-old has not been seen since finishing down the field in the Tingle Creek chase in December and was agonisingly denied a chance to go one place better in this year's Queen Mother Champion chase. However, he notoriously goes well fresh and could be cherry ripe for a tilt at the melling. He could even be joined in the line-up in the race with stablemate All Mankind, who also missed Cheltenham and is already a course and distance winner, having won the old Roan chase earlier in the season. 
Next up, Fakir Dowderis at the Melling Chase. After avoiding another potential dust-up with Alaho in the Ryanair Chase, the Ascot Chase winner could be on course to defend his crown in the Melling Chase over the intermediate trip he thrives at. The three-time top-level winner demolished the field by 11 lengths last year, having run at Cheltenham previously. But you would expect him to be primed for this year's running and scoop another lucrative prize on British soil. We also look at Sporting John in the Ryanair Stayers Hurdle. A pulled muscle cruelly stopped Sporting John from a potential tilt at the Stayers Hurdle last week, but trainer Philip Hobbs reported him to be aimed at the Aintree equivalent instead, provided he has recovered from his setback. The Grade 1 winning chaser has rediscovered his spark over hurdles this term, including a stylish success at Warwick when seen in January, and may bid to give Hobbs a second successive win in the race, having scored with Time Hill last year. We also have Fiddler on the Roof in the Randolph's Grand National. The Cheltenham Gold Cup was originally the plan for the Colin Tizard-trained British Hope, but it will now be Aintree or Bust for the eight-year-old, who was one of the top novice chasers last season. Fiddler on the Roof has proved to be a model of consistency and finished outside the first three just once under rules in the 2020 Supreme Novices Hurdle. He heads up to the National in fine form, having finished a narrow second in the Ladbrokes Trophy and the listed Swindley Chase at Ascot on his latest start. Also on our list is L.S. Bell at the Mersey Novices Hurdle. Although she was in contention for the Mayor's Hurdle and Mayor's Novices Hurdle at Cheltenham, L.S. Bell was somewhat surprisingly held back from running at the festival. She fared best of the British in last season's champion bumper, finishing third behind Sir Gerhard and Kilcruitt, and appeared to book her place at Cheltenham with victory in the Sydney Banks at Huntington last month. However, Dan Skelton is keen to await for Aintree instead, likewise with one-time Arkle Hope third-time Lucky, where the two-mile four-furlong trip of the Mersey, which the stable won last year with my Drogo, should play to her strengths. We also have Skytastic on our list for the Mersey Novices Hurdle or the Sefton Novices Hurdle. Trainer Sam Thomas decided against running his inexperienced novice hurdler at the festival, but Aintree is very much on the cards. Unbeaten in four starts, the Die Walters' own six-year-old made only his first start of the season in late January following a setback, and Cheltenham was viewed as too great a step at this stage of his career. He held entries for the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett, and after winning over two miles three and a half furlongs on his last two starts, it is likely to be either the Mersey over two and a half miles or the Sefton over three next month. And now here on the Racing News, a look at some racing that's coming up. Friday, Musselburgh kicks off the Racing Post Go North weekend with four finals, each worth £30,000 in prize money. The highlight could be the Sea Pigeon Series final handicap hurdle, which is set to attract a highly competitive field. Hereford and Newton Abbott host afternoon jumps cards, while Newcastle's evening all-weather fixture brings the day to a close. Saturday, the flat season begins at Doncaster with the SBK Lincoln handicap at 3.35, which always attracts a smart field. The likes of Mooj Tarba, Modern News and Sunray Major all hold entries and two listed races also feature on the card. 
William Haggas, who trains Mujtaba, is one win away from becoming the most successful trainer in the Lincoln and holds four entries for Saturday's contest. Ireland hosts the Paddy Power Irish Lincolnshire 416 at the Corral, featuring in an eight-race card alongside the Group 3 Lodge Park Stud Irish EBF Park Express Stakes at 341, a race that may include the return of the Thousand Guineas winner Mother Earth. There is also the small matter of the Dubai World Cup. Life is good, Red Hot Charlie and Midnight Bourbon could lead a strong team from the US, while the Saeed bin Sarur-trained Real World is set to be the sole British entry for the maiden showpiece. The Dubai Golden Shaheen, Alcos Sprint, Dubai Turf and Shima Classic complete the Group 1 programme from the Middle East. And the racing post Go North Weekend continues from Kelso, and there is also jump racing from Stratford and two all-weather cards at Kempton and Wolverhampton. And on Sunday, Doncaster returns to action with a seven-race card, headlined by a condition stakes at 4.50 and several competitive handicaps. The racing post Go North Weekend concludes at Carlisle with three series final, while more jump racing comes from Ascot, which hosts the fifth leg of the Veterans Chase Series at 3.55. Ireland ends the week with two meetings, a seven-race jumps card at Limerick as NAS starts its flat season with the listed Plus Vital Devoy Stakes and the Madrid Handicap. Next up, here on the Racing News, Michael Buckley has revealed superstar novice Constitution Hill will likely stay over hurdles next season and is tempted to do, quote, something crazy and take on dual champion hurdle heroine Honeysuckle as early as next month at Punchestown. The leading owner said the bold plan of having a crack at the Paddy Power champion hurdle on April the 29th would be considered if the runaway Supreme Novices hurdle winner is in particularly good order in the coming weeks. The Nicky Henderson-trained five-year-old swaggered 22 lengths clear of the stablemate John Bond in the festival opener on Tuesday, in a time considerably quicker than Honeysuckle's success two hours later igniting hopes the pair will clash in the 2023 champion hurdle. Buckley said on Sunday, Around entry time, we'll see how he is and decide whether we want to do something normal or something crazy. If the horse is absolutely bouncing and dumps his work rider a couple of times, then we'll think about taking on Honeysuckle. I guess it's a bold thing to do, but it's nice for living, isn't it? If a jewel fails to materialise this season, it could be that good things come to those who wait, as Buckley is leaning towards keeping his charge over hurdles rather than embarking on a novice chasing campaign next season. He said, Here is a horse who is favourite for the champion's hurdle and the Arkle. He's had just three races and he's only five, so it wouldn't make sense for him to stay hurdling for another year and get more experience. And despite endorsement from dual Irish champion jump jockey Barry Geraghty, who bought him as a foal with Warren Ewing, Constitution Hill was not a knockout in the sales ring or when he arrived at Henderson's yard. He suffered from a muscle-wasting illness as a young horse, which is part of the reason Buckley believes there is still more to come from the star hurdler. Buckley said, I can't help feeling that this horse, because of how he was last May when we bought him, and his age, will be a better horse next year. That may sound an incredibly arrogant thing to say, as it would seem impossible to better what he's done, but he is going to be physically a stronger, better animal. He's got a lot of maturing to do. 
I can't see any rush to go novice chasing. He's so young, why not stay over hurdles? He's pretty good at it. He's the most exciting young hurdler around, certainly for me. Buckley said he was, quote, shaking like a leaf watching the horse on Tuesday and explained how the wind surpassed even his greatest expectations. He said, how could anybody ever expect a horse to perform like that? It was extraordinary. However good you might have hoped he was, you'd never dare to think of something like that. I had moments of dreaming he could win by six or eight lengths, but to do something like that was remarkable. The horse had never run that fast in his life on ground like that. Constitution Hill ran the two miles nearly six seconds quicker than Honeysuckle while carrying four pounds more, and the sectionals make for fascinating reading. Buckley said, To go and break the track record is ridiculous, and what was extraordinary was how fast he ran in the final hurlong. They went faster in the novice than the champion hurdle in the early part of the race, and then there was a period where the champion hurdle was faster, and then his time in the final furlong that was quicker than Honeysuckle's. There was a moment when Nigger de Bonville stood up in the irons and waved his arm, and then he looked like he was about to take off again. I don't think Nico's had anything like that happen to him in his life. The owner's white silks and black cap have been carried to top-level success by the likes of Finian's Rainbow, Beat That and Brain Power, and Buckley believes Constitution Hill's disposition sets him apart. On Thursday morning, he was just eating and sleeping like he normally does, he said. That's what allows him to do what he does at the end of the race, and he's done it three times now. He's an ideal racehorse in terms of his demeanour and style of racing. There's nothing to crab about him. Thanks for listening. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news that is news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Join us again next time, and thanks for listening. Padden with all the news from the racing media, and now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. Well, we'll start with seven races over the jumps at Kelso with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Doncaster. That's the Lincoln meeting with a one fifteen start. We've got seven races on the flat at Kempton on the all-weather with a one thirty start. Six races over the jumps at Stratford, 2.18 start. Two races on the flat at Curra with a 3.41 start. And seven races on the flat at the Wolverhampton All-Weather Meeting with a 5.30 start. And then we switch to Sunday, which will see seven races over the jumps at Ascot with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Carlisle with a 1.53 start. And seven races over the flat uh, at Doncaster with a two o'clock start. But before we leave Cheltenham well behind us, Let's have a listen to what a couple of our trainers that had horses running at Cheltenham, uh, basically Jamie Snowden, Fergal O'Brien and Milton Harris. OK, well, hi, Jamie. Uh, on your way back from Cheltenham, um, looking back on the four days, what, what sort of uh, what sort of a verdict would you give on your horses? Well, um, we, we ran three at the festival um, and um, we didn't come away with any more winners, unfortunately. Um, no, they, they all ran okay. They ran the races mid division in basically all three of them. Um, so uh, no, okay, but uh, it just goes to show how hard it is to to have winners there. Obviously, we were to have a winner there a yeah. few years ago with our third ever run. We didn't quite realise how lucky we were, but um, no, it's uh, it, it's an incredibly hard place to win. 
What what sort of an effect did the weather have on the Wednesday? Did that really muck up your chances at all? Well, funnily enough, the two horses we ran on Tuesday probably could have done with the wetter ground, and the one horse that I ran on the Thursday could have run with done with the dry ground. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Isn't yeah, it? that's right, that's right. But but overall, I expect it's been a you know it's been a a good week. But I mean, it, it just sort of looking at it, I suppose there's that sort of huge momentum of of anticipation as you you build up to it, and you know this is the, the dream is always there, uh, and I can understand that because I'm a steamer, I'd be a dreamer as well, you know. And then I suppose it's a bit of an anticlimax on the way home tonight. Yeah, well, I, I suppose. Um, you know, we're all dreamers. We're in, we're in it because we, 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 you know, we dream that we're going to win big races. And, yeah. you know, thankfully we're, we're having a great season and, and the winners are, are coming in. But um, obviously to, to win a, a nice race at the festival would really cap it off. So, uh, yeah. no, um, as you say, you know, always a slight anticlimax coming back without a winner. But, um, hey, there's always next year. Yeah, absolutely. So from your point of view now, what, what's the, I suppose, Liverpool's the next big, uh, big test, is it? The big, big sort of focus now yeah so the entry festivals in three weeks time there's the scottish national in between so um there's still plenty of good races to be had um and uh and and yeah obviously we're, we're 43 winners our record's 46 and there's still another five weeks of the season to go so um let's hope we can uh let's say we can we can beat our, our previous best i'm sure you will in fact i'll put a fiver on it <laughs> good well okay jb thanks for joining us today and uh, i'm sorry it wasn't uh, all the dreams that we both wanted but never mind these things happen don't they and uh, as you say liverpool next stop yeah we'll, we'll keep keep driving forward and uh, you know as, yeah. as i say there's always here. good hope thanks jamie well that was jamie snowden up at lambourne and now we're going to pop down to marlborough and catch up with milton harris well morning milton thanks very much for joining us again um Cheltenham's no over problem. now, and uh, I suppose we're all looking towards Liverpool now. But uh, looking back, what, what do you feel? You know, was it a successful Cheltenham for you, or not as as good as you hoped? Well, for? look, it, it, we had four or five entries. Uh, two or three got balloted out. One we withdrew on the ground, and one ran, and he he, he didn't handle the conditions on the day when they had the heavy uh, heavy debut the, the couple of days before. So it didn't work out for us. But there you are. We're not alone, and uh, there were things happening in the world in Ukraine. So we have to put things in perspective. Yeah, um, we the horse was looked after by Paddy Vernon, and he'll go to Aintree, and he may he, he may even go on to Saratoga in the US um, uh-huh. in a very valuable four-year-old hurdle. We're talking to the owners about it at the moment, and international racing bureau. So it's a sort of a thought. Rosie Redrum didn't run because she wants decent ground. She'll go to Aintree or Charlton the following week, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not the end of the world. And we've got plenty more to run, you know. And Rosie, I mean, is she is she going to be? Uh... As good as I mean, is the delay going to um, upset the apricot a little bit or not? No, not at all. She 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 has a good temperament and uh, she she would be um, straightforward. So the idea is that she'll run. As I say, there are two mares hurdles. One at Aintree on the uh, festival Aintree festival um, grand national meeting, and there's a there's the following Wednesday or Thursday. There's a uh, the last meeting at Cheltenham, and she may well run. Uh, there, either or, your ground dependent. Yeah. Really, we've got Mullenbeg as well. Which, yeah, we've got we've got Mullenbeg at, um, at the same time. So, uh, just, uh, you know, we may we may um, we we may go. We'll, we'll probably try and separate them because it's the best thing to do. But we have to do what the owners wish. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But um, so. looking at the rest of Cheltenham, not not necessarily your horses. I mean, what 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 stood out for you particularly? 
Um, look, the Irish were not as dominant as they have been, which is good for the sport, I would argue. Yeah. Um, the the um, there were a couple of things that underperformed. I mean, obviously, Shiskin didn't run his race on the ground, but the winner was they they changed the tactics on the basis that they they they, they felt would help. We never know if that was right or wrong because probably the race did fall apart a bit. But you can only win. Um, I thought he was impressive. Um, I think the Woody Mullins horse that won the Triumph Hurdle is a group flat horse running in a juvenile hurdle. If I'm honest, I mean they paid four hundred thousand for him allegedly, yeah. and he looks like he's um, he looks like he's a proper horse, you know. Yeah. What about so, what, what did so, you think of Constitutional Hill? Yeah, I, look, the Williams horse wasn't beat when it fell. Um, he won nicely. They went quick. I mean, very quick, um, and it was a true gallop. So, I mean, I thought the third horse. was... Sorry, the horse finished second in the end, didn't he? Because the other horse fell. Never really got in the race. It would have been interesting to see if he just... Will he, um, if uh, Patrick Williams had sat a bit closer. But maybe he couldn't sit any closer, you know? Yeah. So the winner's clearly a good horse. And uh, to be fair, with Honeysuckle, if they meet... Honeysuckle's never really done it for me because I think she's been a good mare in a probably average era. But to be fair, she was quite impressive. And I was, for the first time ever, impressed with her on, in the champion hurdle. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, so, you, you do flat horses as well to a, a, a perhaps not quite such a, a degree. Thing, yeah. um, you know, what are your plans for the flat season? Because that sort of starts Saturday, I suppose, with the Lincoln. I don't tempt fate, but we've had a good season. We're on 48. We should end up with 50-something winners. But we've got... Uh, We've bought another seven or eight really nice Irish point-to-point horses. We're recruiting all the time. So I'd hope and pray that uh, this time next season we've we've beat this year's tally and got ourselves up to 60 or 70 winners. But we're, obviously it's going to be hard to follow, but that's what our target is. Yeah, but you will have a few runners on the flat. It's just a question. Yeah, we'll have runners on the flat. We'll have a dual purpose. And it's a busy week for us this week in terms of, you know, we've got runners, I think, this week in not in any order. Exeter, Calso, Musselburgh, Chow, uh, Ascot, um, uh, oh, I'm sure I'm missing somewhere, but we've got runners everywhere yeah. this, uh, today. Yeah. Weatherby, so so we, you know, and we, as I say, we will have runners in France as well in the in the next few weeks. So we're trying to sort of um, keep all our, all our options open. And on the flat, we'll run. We haven't got any two-year-olds to share, but we'll run. We've got some three and four-year-olds, that, and Rosie Redwood may well go on the flat, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, so we can. A few look, options. Look forward to it then. That's for sure. Well, that was Milton Harris. Um, Looking back on Cheltenham and uh, looking forward to what's to come. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get hold of Fergal O'Brien this week, but we're hoping to catch up with him next week. And talking of the flat, Colin Brown and I are going to look at the new flat racing season, which of course starts at Doncaster with the Lincoln. But first, we're going to go back to our memory section. Of course, the Cheltenham Festival is now finished, but of course, three weeks down the line, and we're going to be straight into Liverpool and the Grand National itself. So we thought it would be nice just to lead up to the Grand National with a couple of memory races. And we're going to start with the 1985 Grand National, which was won by Last Suspect, ridden by Hugh Davis. Sweet, sweet Hugh Davis, Take one fresh and tender kiss. So let's go back to 1985 and Hugh Davis riding 
last suspect. That's it. They're under orders and they're away. And Imperial Black is one of the first to show from Roman Bistro. Then on the outside is Musso. Just in behind Musso is Grease Paint. Imperial Black. And as they race down towards Beaches, Rupertino joins Imperial Black. On the outside, Roman Bistro. Then comes Musso. Then Grease Paint. And as they run down across the Melling Road towards John Hanmer's sector, it's Rupertino, Imperial Black, and Musso on the outside. Over to you, John. One of the leaders, too, and so is Musso. And a bad mistake there by Never Tamper and by Judy. And the faller of the first, Talon, bashful lad, Solihull Sport. And as they jump the second, the Hello Dandy has gone. And as they go to the third, it's Judy on the outside from Glen Fox, Musso, then Classified, then Roman Bistro, West Tip. And a faller there was Crozer, and Northern Bay has fallen, and Shady Deal has fallen, and as they jump the fourth over to Julian Wilson. Dandy, in fact, unseated his rider, but Duty leads coming down towards the one before Beach. As Glenn Fox there, towards the inside is Roman Bistro, towards the centre is classified with Grease Paint in a perfect position. Musso also in a good position. All the leaders over that one. In fact, uh, practically everything seems to be over it as the leaders run down to Beaches. Cumbie, in fact, the faller at the back. And the leader down to Beaches is Duty. Duty coming to Beaches and over it. Duty calls a cab. Glenn Fox over in second. Then the Roman Bistro, and all the leaders are over. Art Cloud makes a bad mistake. There's a faller at the back. Tacroy is down. Hill of Slain is down. But the rest of them over, and over the following fence, the seventh fence, with Doody the leader from Glen Fox in second. Then Roman Bistro. Behind that is Corbier in fourth. Then Musso and Imperial Black and Grease Paint. Then Captain Parkhurst and uh, Royal Appointment and Rupertino as they jump the canal turn. Duty over from Glen Fox and Roman Bistro. Then Corbier. Musso made a mistake there. Grease Paint jumps it well on the outside of Imperial Black. Just behind those, uh, behind the leaders is uh, Rupertino, then Musso and Royal Appointment and uh, Captain Parkhill as they jump that one. Just behind those is Last Suspect and Scott Lane. But up front, it's still Duty from Glen Fox. Corbier. Roman Bistro, Imperial Black, as we rejoin John Hammer. And still the leader is Duty from Glen Fox, then Roman Bistro, Imperial Black, Corbier going easily on the inside, then comes Rupertino, Grease Paint going smoothly, then Captain Parkhill, and going to the 12th fence. It's Duty in the lead from Glen Fox, Imperial Black, then Roman Bistro and Corbier and Rupertino. Just behind them comes Grease Paint, then Captain Parkhill, Scott Lane, who made a mistake, Masso, who made a mistake, then last suspect, West Tip, three quarters of the way down the field, but where he wants to be by the look of it as they go across the Melling Road with Judy in the lead from Glen Fox, Imperial Black, Rupertino, Corbier, then Raymond Bistro, Grease Paint, then Scott Lane, last suspect, and West Tip and Masso, and Royal Appointment, and over to Peter O'Sullivan. Yes, it's Duty and Tony Mullins having his first ride in the National. Well clear at the moment as he comes down towards the next. Duty clear of Imperial back and Black and Rupertino. Then Corbiere on the inside. Glenn Fox on the outer. Roman Bistro is next. And behind them come Grease Paint and then Scott Lane. And behind Scott Lane is Royal Appointment as they come to jump this one. Duty lands in the lead from Imperial Back and Rupertino and Glenn Fox. 
Another plain one before the chair. Doody in the lead. Rupertino, Imperial Black. Glenn Fox and Corbier. Then comes Grease Paint and just in behind them, West Tip. And now they're making towards the chair with Doody clear of Rupertino, Corbier, Imperial Black, West Tip. Behind West Tip is Glen Fox close. Over the chair, Doody lands in the lead. And a very bad mistake there by Captain Parkhill. He's almost unseated his rider. He looks as though he's getting back, though, as Doody comes to the water in the lead by four lengths. Doody jumps it from Rupertino. West Tip jumps it third, Corbier four. Then comes last suspect and Imperial Black and then Fox and then Grease Paint on the inside of Royal Appointment just in behind them. Come Broomy Bank, who's making ground. Behind uh, Broomy Bank is Scott Lane. They're running down now towards the Melling Road on the final circuit. Doody in the lead from Rupertino. West Tip on the outside. Corbier on the inner. Then comes Grease Paint, Imperial Black, and Lars Suspect. And with that order, over to John Hanmer. And the next is the 17th. And Doody, out in the centre of the course, is in the lead. Pressed by West Tip. Lars Suspect going right up to them as well. But Doody now at the 17th. And he only just got over it. Last suspect, West Tip, Rupertino and Corbier all close up. So is Grease Paint. And behind them come Glenn Fox, who's lost ground. Then Royal Appointment, Duty at the 18th. And he's having another long look at it, but he's just over it. But he's losing the lead to West Tip, Corbier and Rupertino. Then comes Last Suspect. And this is the 19th, the open ditch. Corbier on the inside with West Tip. And West Tip jumped it much the better. Raymond Bistro's refused duty, the leaders down, and as they go to the 20th, it's West Tip, Rupertino, Corbier, last suspect, and Grease Paint, and Musso's pulled up, Glenn Fox has pulled up, and come by, and over to Julian Wilson. And a mistake there by Grease Paint, but up front, it's Rupertino, West Tip, on the inside, Corbier going really well towards the outside, last suspect, Mr. Snugfit's getting closer now, as they come to the one before B, just Rupertino over, from in the in, on the inside, Corbier towards the outside is West Tip, then Grease Paint, Grease Paint's rider looks over his shoulder to see last suspect behind him, Royal Appointment fell at that one, as they come down to Beaches for the second time, and the field led by West Tip on the outside of Rupertino and Corbier, Corbier and West Tip together, and West Tip makes a mistake and is down, West Tip is down, that leads Corbier in front, John Logan's been pulled up at the back, but Corbier leads now from Rupertino, last suspect in third, Grease Paint is fourth, as they jump the 23rd, immigrates a faller at Beaches, and over the 23rd is Rupertino from Corbier, last suspect in third, then Grease Paint fourth, Scott Lane's fifth, behind that is Mr. Snugfit, behind Mr. Snugfit is classified and Glenn Fox as they jump the canal turn, and over it, Rupertino, Corbier, last suspect, Grease Paint, behind Grease Paint is Scott Lane and Mr. S Mr. Snugfit, behind that is classified, behind classified is Glenn Fox and Imperial Black, and then a long gap back to Captain Parkhill and Feathered Friend, but up front, Tobatelli has refused at the back. Forlun is a faller at the back, but up front it's Corbier now from last suspect, Rupertino, Grease Paint as we rejoin John Hammer. And Corbier in the lead from Rupertino, last suspect, Grease Paint, Mr. Snugfit, Scott Lane, and then comes Classified, and this is the last day.
edge four from home and Corbiere over in the lead a mistake by Rupertino but last suspects in second place then Rupertino being passed by Grease Paint then comes Mr Snugford classified and then comes Scott Lane this is the third last and Corbiere over in the lead from last suspect who made a mistake then Grease Paint and then comes Mr Snugford improving then Rupertino in classified and Scott Lane and Glenn Fox and a long way back is Imperial Black and then Captain Parkhill but going across the Melling Road with two to jump it's Corbiere from Grease Paint then Mr Snugford last suspect Rupertino classified and Scott Lane and over to Peter O'Sullivan and just two fences left to jump in the 85 National and it's Corbiere who's clear at the moment of Grease Paint then comes Mr Snugfit, then Rupertino and then classified who's trying to close on this quartet as they race down towards the last the second last fence now Peter Scudamore on Corbiere being pressed by Mr. Snugfit. Under pressure is Grease Paint, then comes last suspect, and then classified still making progress. At the second last fence now, Corbiere with his white face challenged by Mr. Snugfit, who takes it up. And it's Mr. Snugfit and Phil Tuck who've taken it up now from Corbiere. Grease Paint is next, followed by last suspect, and then comes classified at the last fence in the national. Mr. Snugfit for the north. Jumps it in the lead from Corbiere, jumps it second, Grease Paint third. Last suspect for classified five, racing towards the elbow. And Mr. Snugfit is clear of Corbiere, Grease Paint, last suspect and classified. Inside the final one furlong and 50 yards now as they reach the elbow. Mr. Snugfit being challenged again by Corbiere. It's Mr. Snugfit from Corbiere and last suspect putting in a tremendous run towards the strand side. It's Mr. Snugfit from last suspect, last suspect. He's beginning to get up on the near side and last suspect has won it. Last suspect's the winner. Mr. Snugfit second, Corbiere third, fourth with Reese Pate and fifth was classified. All right, well, there you go. That was the 1985 Grand National with Last Suspect first across the line with Huel Davis on board. And hopefully next week we'll have another Grand National special for you. Well, now we're going to concentrate on the flat. And uh, first off, we're going to catch up with my old friend Rod Millman down in Columpton. Rod's been a regular on the show now for the last two years, and it's great to catch up with him again. Well, morning, Rod. Great to have you back on the show again. Um... Flat season starts on Saturday, I suppose you could say, with the the Lincoln. Um, yes, proper proper racing starts again, but don't tell the jumping boys that. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, we've just sort of got over the the Cheltenham and all the furore of Cheltenham now, so it'll be good to get back to the flat. Um, what, what yes, you, that's right. What are you feeling about your your prospects for this season? Well, we've got a, we've got a nice string. I mean, if you can't be optimistic before the season starts, it's a poor job, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true enough. That's true enough. But um, no, we've got a, we've got a good good team ahead. Um, we've got um, sixteen two year olds, yeah, which is the most we've had for several years. Uh-huh. Um, I've spent a bit more money at the sales this year, so we bought um, a nicer type of horse, mm-hmm. um, which which should give us a chance in some of the better two year old races this year. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, we've got quite a few. We've we've had a few older horses come to us from other people we've bought some have been sent some yeah so um we had a very good season last year we had 35 winners last year which was um a good good return and we're hoping to start off well this season are there any that, that particularly stand out that you've got hopes high hopes for that you know could be a cut above the rest as it were 
Well, I mean, we're hoping. Abel Kane had a very good year last year. He won three races and 65,000. Yeah. Um, he's got to improve again to have such a successful year because handicapper catches up with them. Uh, most of my horses are handicappers. Mm. And unfortunately, if you have a really good year previous year, it's harder to carry on. Sometimes you have a horse for the poor year, we'll come back again next year, we'll handicapped. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, we, we're hopeful. I mean, I've, I've got a new horse come to us called Fast Steps from Richard Hannon. Mm-hmm. He was 280,000 euros. Mm. No, no, uh, uh, pounds, sorry, pounds. Yeah. Um, and we, he did well for him, him, but we've picked him up for 36,000. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping he'll give us a good season. Yeah. Um, so that's one. That's a nice horse. I mean, we couldn't afford to have bought that one first time round. No. Um, but he's a really good-looking horse. So we'll hopefully change the scenery. We'll improve him. Um, like I say, we've got some nice two-year-olds, and we've got our first two-year-old runner on the first Windsor meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Iknak Lamar, he's called. Yeah. Which is a very strange name, but he's out of a filly called Batislava. Right. And his father's dandy man. Oh. And if anyone looks up Ignac Namara, he was a um, a man who covered himself in silver paint and tried to make people smile at the turn of the century in Bratislavia. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's today's a history story. lesson then. That's all right. That's um, right. I, I, I didn't know what it was when they told me about it. <laughs> but he's a very nice horse. He runs at the first Windsor meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a nice filly called uh, Cuban Mistress. She goes to the second Windsor meeting. Right. Um, I expect Crazy Luck will probably run early this season. Crystal Casp um, for a day. So we've got I've got um, forty five horses in the yard at the moment, which yeah. is a good number for us, you know. Yeah, I see you. You've had uh, three runners in March and two seconds and a third, which is not a bad start. Um, encouraging well, we, if nothing we, else. Since since January the first, we had five winners. I think we're on 19% success rate. Right. If we can keep that, that up all season, we'd be very pleased, which is unlikely. Um, it's been very good. I don't know if you, anyone's been following the yard, but we started using a young jockey from Ireland called Ross Coakley. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. He, he's done very well this year. He's picked up some really good rides over the winter. He's uh, riding one of the favourites in the Lincoln on Saturday, yeah. which unfortunately means he can't ride my horse at Kempton. <laughs> yeah. But Ross has ridden 19 winners this, this since since January, yeah, well, I think he's laying about six on the table. Which, when you consider, he, I think he only rode ten winners all last season. Is a really good start for the boy, yeah. boy you know. Yeah, absolutely. But he, it's been very nice to help him get going. Um, but no, we're looking forward to a good season. Yeah, and looking at racing overall, I mean, how do you see it now? I mean, it, you know, obviously we've we've got over COVID now. Well, supposedly anyway. Um, you know, well, hopefully it'll um, be a bit more. Sort of we were one of the few sports that kept going most of the time, apart from the first two months of lockdown. Yeah. But it was dire not having the crowd to the races. Yeah. It wasn't much fun at all. Um, we were really just keeping the business going, but it wasn't much fun to be involved in the business, not no. the racing side of it. No. Um, owners could only watch on television, and I think it could have been done a bit better than it was actually done. Uh, the government, government, we were having to work the government guidelines, but you could you could be over over officious or more lax with them, mm. 
I think the government guidelines didn't change, but the BH, the powers that be in racing, learned to go around them better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's you know? a, that's a, so in the end, in the end, it was quite good. But it, it's like when Bath first started, they had the the owners in an enclosure about hundred yards from the paddock. Right. And I went there and I said, "Well, why can't you make a little little um, path that they can come up?" Mm. Oh, we can't do that. Why not? Well, well, we can't. <laughs> and then took three meetings and they'd done it then, you know. Yeah, and we yeah. had no new guidelines from the government. It was just they, they, they didn't read it properly. Mm. But anyway, I think, I think um, racing's on, racing is still very popular. I mean, there are more horses in training now than there's ever been. The one worry is I think the government have brought it on about bringing in this new, you've got to, you're going to be means tested before you can have a bet. Well, the trouble is that's okay for real problem gamblers, but the problem gambler is a very, very small percentage of people who like a bet. Yeah, quite. The, major- the majority of people who like a bet are, are self-regulating. Yeah. And it's, if you're not careful using a sledgehammer to crack a, crack a nut, you know? It does sound a sort of thing that I, I can't quite understand how they expect to sort of police something like that, really. I mean, you know, how, how do you find out if, if say... The, the bloke round the corner suddenly decides to have a bet and he's never had a bet before. They're not going to know he's ever had a bet. The whole thing seems well, a bit the problem, bizarre. Well, the problem you've got is they won't, they won't let him bet. Yeah. That's the trouble. It's not... not it, it, they won't, You won't be allowed to bet. You won't mm. be allowed to get any money on. Yeah. And, you know, the trouble is race, racing um, gets his income from people gambling. You know, that's where the prize money comes from. Yeah, cool. And if you're not careful, you're going to cut the tap off, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, hopefully, hopefully it will see sense. I mean, some of the clever people now are coming back to the government and saying we've got this slightly wrong, we have to adapt it a bit. I mean, people have to be protected, obviously, of course they do. Yeah, and some of the bookmakers were, were very unscrupulous. And, yeah. um, you know, they were on a percentage of a percent money. The, the managers were on a percentage of the people, people's money they lost. Mm. So they were they didn't help matters, I don't think, you know. No, no, but, Hopefully, it does need it does need looking at, but um, you know, sensibly, really. Yeah. But, uh, did you watch Cheltenham? I did. I went to Cheltenham on the Friday. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably too many people there. I think they've got to limit the gate size to yeah. an extent. It certainly looked absolutely the, rammed when I could see it on the TV. It was um, nobody worried about COVID up there at all. No. Um, so that, no doubt, but it's, it's no different than going on a busy train or going to a train. Uh, Football matches, it really. No, quite, quite. I um, mean, you know, women going to this January sales will be just as packed in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But uh, I see Holly Doyle rode one of your uh, seconds so far. Um, Rachel Blackmore did a hell of a job at uh, Cheltenham for the. Oh, fantastic, isn't the, she? Well, no, the, Rachel Blackmore, you've yeah. got to take your hat off to her. She's a fantastic girl, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, my, my first runner for you is Soy Doy running right. at Kempton on Saturday night. Now, Soy Doy is named after... Yes, you have a good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the top four on ratings, so she'd have a chance. It's a maiden. Um, unusual race for me to win a maiden, admittedly, but um, hopefully she'll run well. Well, it's, it's a novice, actually. It's not a maiden, it's a novice. Yeah, yeah. Which which makes a mockery of racing, in my opinion, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, good luck for the season, Ron, and I hope it's a successful okay. one for us both. Okay, right. lovely. Well, that was Rod Millman down at his stables in Columpton in Devon, and Rod will be joining us every week now as we follow his stable food to see. Okay, well, before we catch up with Colin Brown and his flat preview, 
Uh, I've got some news of a fantastic initiative that Charlie Mann and some British racing people have got involved in, including Oshin Murphy, to help the people of Ukraine and in particular the horses that are stuck in war-torn Ukraine. So I got a hold of Charlie Mann and this is what he's had to tell us about the venture. Charlie, um, I, I read and I hear that you, you are off to Ukraine. Can you tell us all about the story and exactly what you're hoping to do? Yeah, I used to have a travelling head lad who worked for me called Kirill and he's Ukrainian and his mother's in Odessa and his sister's in Russia and we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks and I decided we should do something about it but um, it, that's brought it to a point um, myself knowing him but it's I feel quite strongly about the whole thing in any case, and it's only 1,200 miles away, so um, I, I feel quite strongly that we should do something for them. Yeah, absolutely. When do you hope to go? We're going on the 10th of April, which is a Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's the day after the Grand National. Right. And they need, I mean, it's basically, it's only a trip up to air and back that's all it is i mean that's how close it is yeah and yeah. i think when it's as close as it is it hits home a bit harder and um i mean we were talking about you know we, we could give money towards it but it would mean an awful lot more driving the stuff out ourselves and the racing community are getting together and we've got people like Oshin murphy and ap mccoy's backing it and so we want to do something for racing in general, basically, and to help them out. What's the racing scene like in Ukraine? I'm not familiar with, you know, have they got <laughs> a, a lot of racing over there or not? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't have a clue. I mean, when I say racing, I mean racing over here in general. The racing yeah. community want to do something for them. But yeah. I, I don't, honestly don't know anything about Ukrainian racing. But um, they've got a lot of horses that are starving. Um, yeah. They've got children that are starving. And... We're going to take, we've got a vet coming out with us too, who can do some treatments out there. And we're taking horse feed as well as humanitarian aid. Yeah. Um, but we need food, uh, tinned food and dry food um, and all sorts of medical stuff. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's, I think it's a fantastic uh, gesture to do that, especially because uh, I was reading it's fairly close to Kiev, isn't it? Uh, which is, you know, it's getting a bit hairy over there now, isn't it? Uh, Lviv, Lviv. Yeah. Which is also being bombed. <laughs> yeah. Quite, but we're going quite. to a place called Prozhensky. It's it's on the Ukraine border, and yeah. it's where the, all the refugees are coming out. But, um, yeah, so hopefully we're going to do our bit. It'll take five days, if it all goes well. And, yeah, it's important to get it right and to try and get as much out there as possible, really. Well, look, we'd love to st follow the story on, on Three Valleys Radio. Um, so if it's OK with you, Charlie, I'll, I'll sort of keep a note of the dates and what have you and maybe give you a call when you're actually on the road and, and see how things are going and we can we can do some follow-up stories for you. That'd be perfect. We've got a website too, um, which is... Um, well, it's called Racing to Help Ukraine Convoy. Right. Um, and I'll just make sure you get onto a map. Darling, do you get onto Racing to Help? Let's just press that, dear. It's um, um, racing to help Ukraine. Racing to help Ukraine. UK. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And uh, obviously. So have a look at that. Yeah. 
Um, what about money and things? I mean, is there any way that you have you got any sort of uh, um, bank accounts or anything that people can contribute yeah. to? If you go onto that link, if you go onto that thing, there's um, there's an account just been set up with Weatherby's, and yeah, I mean, we need money and we need food and we need we need everything basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's a fantastic gesture that you're all doing, and uh, um, you know. Give, give Oshin something to take his mind off his problems, I suppose, as well, which is fair yeah. enough. You know. I, hope he's, yeah. I hope his driving's as good as his riding, but we'll find out anyway. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. um, but anytime you want to ring me, if you've got any ideas, give me a ring. And, yeah, anytime you want to talk about it, give me a bell. But um, yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll have some news every other couple of days anyway. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. That's, That's brilliant. Great. Well, okay. Lovely to, nice talk, to talk to you. you. Thanks yeah. very much for, for that. No um, problem. I hope it, you know we can do some good for you. That'd be great. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Excellent. All thanks, the best. Charlie. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. That was Charlie Mann. And uh, if you want to find out anything more about this, you just go to racingtohelpukraine.uk and uh, all the details there as to how you can contribute financially. And what a, what a great uh, venture. What a, what a great idea. And uh, uh, hopefully our four-legged friends up there will get some benefit from it. But don't forget, Keep in touch with Three Valleys Radio and The Racing Show and we will keep you in touch with Racing to Help Ukraine and .uk. Now then, Colin Brown. Well, Colin is a man who knows a lot about racing and thankfully he knows a lot about flat racing as well. So Colin and I got together and we've had a little chat about the forthcoming flat season and this is what we came up with. Right, well, afternoon, Cole. Um... You're going to do something a bit different with us today because Cheltenham's finished and, uh, well, National Hunt got an awful lot longer to go. I know we've got Liverpool coming up fairly shortly. But, of course, uh, Doncaster on Saturday marks the the start of the flat racing proper, doesn't it? It certainly does. And, um, you know, although I was a jump jockey for many years, I really like the flat racing as well. Um, love the flat racing. I follow it, you know, pre pretty carefully. Mm. And uh, living where I live... You know, not every you don't get to, you know, when you sort of look forward to the flat, there's always horses that you're going to look forward to that maybe going to run some big old races. Mm. But all of a sudden, two year olds um, and three year olds maybe that haven't run as two year olds, a bit backward, if you like, mm. you know, all of a sudden they sort of come to fruition. That's better, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and, you know, and you sort of hear about them sort of week by week from, various sources of information and friends and you know people in the game so i'm not going to name you like you know 15 horses to follow because we'll just creep into it and we'll do a little piece every week and enjoy it and um as we move forward but i've got a few horses to look forward to i've got one running at bath um which is on the 14th of april i've got a couple of ideas for the brocklesby this week at doncaster and the Lincoln, mm. and then a little look at, um, you know, the Guineas um, going forward. But, you know, it's really exciting this time of the year. And like you say, you've got Liverpool on the 9th of April. That's the Randox Grand National. And then, um, you, you know, there's plenty to look forward to, obviously, there. But I just like the flat. Just, you know, the weather, sun comes out and you creep into it a little bit closer. And, uh, you know, some great racing to look forward to. So, um I think we'll start by having a look this weekend, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, um, before just before Doncaster. you before you start, Cole, just wanted to ask you one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't want to be I don't want to be negative because I've got a lot of time for this guy. But um, poor old Sheen Murphy has suddenly found himself on the wrong side of the law, as it were, as far as race is concerned. Um, you know, it's going to be a big gap there with him not not riding for however long it is, isn't it? Yeah, terrible. I mean, you know, I don't know what, you know, he had a few problems and that was it. But I'll tell you what he is doing. He's joining Charlie Mann hmm. and he's globe trotting off with Charlie Mann, ex-trainer, and a few other trainers, Dominic French Davis, a fellow called Nick Boyd, who I know well, lives around here. And they're going out to Ukraine with... Um, with a few horse boxers, AP McCoy's got a bit involved. They're going out to Ukraine with a few um, horse boxers, and they're going to take some food and rugs and stuff out for the horses out there and see what sort of state the place is in and try and bring some horses back and dump them off at anybody's yard that will take them back across Europe, obviously, um, and try and help a little bit because this war in Ukraine is just horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But is there, have they got a strong sort of horse racing tradition in, in Ukraine? I wouldn't have a clue. No, well, there is a jo- there is like the jockey club there, and they've got various studs. I think they've got one race course, and then they race their horses, you know, in Poland and uh, across in other countries. Yeah. Um, you know, probably come across to Germany in places because that's a big racing country. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Oshie Murphy, you know, it, it'll be a big loss to trainers, owners, you know, he's a good guy, Oshin, and all right, he just went off the rail a little bit. It happens to us all. But he's doing a good job. Yeah. Um, globe dotting off of Charlie Mann. I must say, what a you know, great thing to do, really. Yeah. It uh, really is. Um, and, and as I say, they're going off yeah. to, um, they're going off to take some, um, you know, taking about 10 to 20 horse boxes, and they are. Well, Charlie Mann used to have employed a, a, a Ukrainian mm. uh, called Kirill Shetizov. I remember him, actually. He's a nice lad. And his mother's in Odessa at mm. the moment. His sister's in Russia. So um, they're, they're going to um, crack away. Um, Oshin's going to be driving the box. Yeah. And um, they're going to crack away out there to try and um, yeah, just take some sleeping bags and some food and medical stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there's any horses that want to be brought back and looked after, or they're not really sure what they're going to face when they get out there, but they're going to go out and see if they can do something. Um, it sounds like a good story for us to carry if you could get some contacts. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's very good. Donations to the race, uh, to the racing to help Ukraine combat, Floyd. Um, they've got a bank account and sort code to pay some money. And, yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll um, pass you on to... Um, my friend Charlie Mann, he'll talk to you about it and do a bit on the radio maybe after the weekend or yeah. before the weekend. Yeah, okay, okay. Anyway, right. I, I interrupted no. you there, so uh, you're... no, not at all. It's uh, yeah, it's it's only just been published actually by James Byrne, the Lambourne correspondent. Yeah, um, just as uh, as you started talking, it came up on the screen. Oh. Um, yeah, so we're going to go to Doncaster. I know we'll do our normal Friday thing, but there's a couple of horses to look out for here at um at doncaster one's a very interesting horse uh called persian force and um the dam was really uh, quite decent um she was a she was a filly that was trained 
by, gosh, I'm trying to think who trained Miss Felina. Um, I can't think, but she was she was a, a real good filly, and this one's very, very well related. Mm. Um, and um, I would think it's well ended up. It's in the Weatherby Sprint. Um, I would think it would win. The, the, the damn one first time out at Leicester, I remember, uh, a few years ago. But it's beautifully bred. It's called Persian... One second. Persian Force. Right. So that's the one to look out for. Um, in the Brocklesby. Persian Force. Oh, yeah. Persian Force, yeah. He's a half-brother to a horse called Gubas, who won the Weatherby Super Sprint for Richard Hannon. So I'd say he'd be well forward and right up for doing the job. Persian Force in the Brocklesby at Doncaster the weekend. And then, of course, we got the Lincoln Handicap um, on the same same day. And a, a trainer called William Haggis has got the best um, best record in the race. I think Haggis has won it about four times. And uh, he could win it again this year with a horse called Amethyst um, and a horse called Mujaba. He's got two horses in it. Mujaba's unbeaten, and I would say would probably go very, very close to winning it again. The same, not many trainers have won this race four times, but um, long, as he, long as he runs, I would say he would nearly win. He's called Mujaba. Uh, Mujaba, uh, that's what he's called. He runs in the SBK Lincoln Heritage Handicap this weekend. But he's got a couple of other horses in it as well, Irish Admiral and Amethyst as well. So keep an eye out for him. Mm -hmm. uh, another quite interesting horse in the race, who I think will probably go there as well, is called Notre Belle Beach. Um, and that one at Wolverhampton the other day, and it's owned uh, by, well, it's trained by Andrew Boarding, and it's owned by um, King Power Racing Limited. And it won at Wolverhampton the other day. Beautifully bred, and um, that won't be far away. But I think you'll find that William Haggis, with the favourite, around about four to one, it's been looked a machine winning this year. I would say this one will go very, very close to winning. Talking of William yeah. Haggis, um, Colin, um, you know it's always it's always a tight battle. Uh, I, I guess John Gosden is going to be uh, probably up there with with all the the um, leading trainers. But apart from John Gosden, who else would you would you tip to to run him close? Well, um, you know, Gosden Stable is just like, you know, amazing stable up there in Newmarket. It really is. And um, I suppose, you know, Hugo Palm has got a good old team himself and he's going across the train for Michael Owen, isn't he? Yeah. So um, yeah. he he will be moving out of Newmarket, but he's certainly a trainer that you'd have to respect. Um, other trainers I like in Newmarket, I think, are well worth following is Simon and Ed Crisford. Now, they had a very good year last year. Um, and, you know, these father and son teams that are sort of up for it, really, uh, they, you know, they do, they do very, very well because you've got dad who's been, you know, in the game for many years and he's brought bloodstock. He knows most people. You've got the son who's like born into it and probably got a little bit more energy than dad if you like, in these um, trainer 
father and son trainer partnerships, a bit like uh, John and Thady Goldston. Mm. So I think they're well worth following. I think Simon Crisford is certainly one to follow. As I say, Hugo Palmer got a pretty strong team himself, and then he's going to rock up over at Michael Owens with an even strong, you know, even stronger team picking up the horses that um, that uh, Tim, Tom Dascom trained. So I think he's a tr- and he's going to go there like absolutely full steam ahead, isn't he? Mm, yeah. The other training you have to um, respect, of course, every, every year, really, you have to say, is Andrew Balding. You know, he had such a good year last year. And, uh, and Charlie Appleby. I mean, he's got the ammunition. He's got such beautifully bred horses that, you know, he ain't going to be too far away once mm. he gets rocking and rolling over the summer. So, yeah, I think they're the trainers really to follow in Newmarket. So Michael Stout, he's got, you know, he's still got plenty of good horses, but, you know, he is getting on a little bit, Sir Michael, but he can certainly uh, train one of his, you know, win with one of his good enough. Is um, Charlie Appleby, he's the Godolphin's sort of um, nominated trainer, isn't he? He is, yeah, he is. Yeah. Along with said Bin Sorrell, yeah. they're the nominated trainers, but Appleby seems to get the pick and yeah. all the best sources. I mean, he's a blooming good trainer, Appleby. Um, crikey, you know, he's uh, he, he's really sort of hit the heights last year. He had some really good horses last year. Yeah, well, so of course he's got William Buick as well, hasn't he? And he's got William Buick. Whereas, you know, Andrew Balling and quite a few of the other trainers are going to have O'Sheen Murphy this year. But, yeah. you know, people, jock, jockeys like David Prober are well capable of holding their own. They really are. Mm. Well, I suppose one door closes and another door opens. And, I mean, it might have closed for poor old O'Sheen. But, I mean, you know, Tom Marquand, um, David Prober, people like that are going to be able to step in and presumably pick up quite a few of his rides. That's right. Tom Marquand just got married to Holly Dorr a couple of days ago, so a couple of celebrations, and then they'll be back, I think, in the saddle, riding away there. Mm. Fiercely competitive. I don't suppose they'll change their names or any hyphenated name like, you know, Marquand, Doyle, or Doyle Marquand. Uh, they'll just crack away and um, be themselves, I suppose you have to say. And actually, talking about Tom Marquand, um, as we get into April, there's a race on the 14th of April at Bath that um, some of your listeners might go to. Bath's a good race, of course. There's a listed race there from Phillies. And talking about Ed Walker and our village here in Lambourne, he trains a horse for the Race Goers Club called um, Tenure Canyon. And um, it's a horse that has won three of its 12 races. It improved £20 from the start of last year till the end. And they've got... I'm just talking to someone from the... Um, from the club and they've got a race lined up for this one at Bath and that is um, on the 14th of April. It's a listed fillies race and she's been going well on the gallops. Tom Aquan will ride if not Holly Doyle will. So the, the jockeys have been in to sit on her already. She's obviously quite far forward. The sun's out at the moment so she's going to be starting to get a, you know, get rid of her winter coat and into her summer coat soon as those fillies especially start feeling a bit better, then they will be up for winning, you know? Mm-hmm. What's it called, Innocent Horse Inn? It's called Tenya Canyon. Tenea Canyon. Tenea Canyon. And it's trained by Ed Walker. Ed Walker. 14th okay. of April. Yeah, good. 
good, good. Um, another one to mention, I, I think you, you can probably fill us in, is Archie, um, Archie Watson. Uh, I mean, he's Lambourne, Archie Watson, he's phenomenal, really. He's got so many lovely, lovely horses that, um, you know, he is going to be certainly a trainer to follow. Um, you know, he, he is hungry for winner winners and he's got a right bunch of horses that mm. you know i would say he is going to you know he's going to sort of be cracking away on plenty of winners i mean he had such a good season you yeah. know well since 28 he's trained 402 winners or something yeah well, um, he's got holly doyle as well or holly marquand whatever she decides to call herself um you know yeah, it seems to be a um, winning combination doesn't it yeah yeah it certainly does. It's always been running well on the all-weather. Yeah. As soon as he kicks into the flat, you know, he's got loads of two-year-olds, um, and I'll find out a few names of his good two-year-olds as mm. soon as they sort of start running. You know, apparently they've been do all doing a nice bit of work, and, uh, you know, a few of them aren't named yet. That's the thing, the two-year-olds. You know, sometimes these they don't always name their two-year-olds until, you know, maybe this time of the year. Yeah. So um, not all of them, but some of them anyhow. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's that's a good one. Well, look, Colin, that's brilliant. That's a, a bit of a, a little start for all our listeners now. We've got to, obviously, we're going to switch more to emphasis on uh, flat racing than uh, the jump racing. But having said that, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we've got the Grand National meeting only three weeks away, I think it is. So uh, we're not going to entirely desert uh, National Hunt. It's just that, obviously, flat racing starts with a bit of a, a, a um, you know, a an impetus, and we want to be there to, uh, to to help it on its way, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. As I say, you know, w w when we do programmes like we're doing now, you know, um, we can come up with a few snippets, a few to look out for. Um, but when you're in my sort of position where I am up here in Lambourne, you know, week by week you hear of a couple of horses to look at, all oh, that two-year-old's worked all over a mm. you know, older horse or whatever. <clears throat> and it just gets to the stage where you can just put a few pieces together and start following a few. So we'll be doing that. Yeah. Okay, Colin. Well, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. We're going to obviously get together later on in the week to do your wonderful tipping service that you had three winners with last week, I think. So uh, <laughs> you better pull your socks up there a bit, old dog. I think you're uh, slipping a little bit. But um, uh, Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I will look forward to that, though, anyway. So thanks for joining us today, Colin, and we'll talk to you later in the week. Lovely. Thanks. Enjoy, uh, enjoy listeners, and uh, uh, looking forward to the flat season. And um, keep your eyes and your ears open for any little snippers you might pick up, because this is the time of year to pick them up. Yeah. Okay, we will, Colin. Thanks a lot then. See you soon. Thanks, Al. Well, that was your man, Colin Brown there, with his first of a, a weekly look at flat racing. And uh, obviously Colin will be joining us again shortly with his tips as well. So uh, double bubble for Colin this week. Okay, next up, it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. Um, all set for the flat then, are we, my son? We are, mate. Uh, first weekend, we've got the Lincoln and uh, the Brocklesby and the Spring Mile all up at Doncaster. So we're going to have a look through the card up there. And uh, all I can say about the jump racing that they've put on this weekend is very, very poor. Mm. So just be careful if you're having a bet on the jumpers this weekend. It's poor racing all round. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we're going to we're gonna head up to Doncaster and uh, 
we'll have a look at what we've got there. We're going to start off with a 115 race at Brucklesbury. Uh, this is a two-year-old race. Now, bearing in mind how early this is for in the season for two-year-olds, just be a little bit heeding on your bets. And uh, we've, we've got one selection that we like, but there's three that we'd like to point out in the race. Uh, one that looks really good on paper is Persian Force. Yeah. He's a half-brother to Gubus who was a winner on his debut, and he's a 108-rated flat horse, his half-brother. So if if they come out and they... Horses are very much, very to breeding. Like, if one's good, the rest of the family seem to follow. So obviously, Goobus is a very nice horse. The Persian force should follow in his footsteps. And likewise with Beach Breeze, he's a half-brother to a horse called Dream Shot, he won on his debut as well, and he's 100-rated on the flat. So uh, them two are very, very much around the same sort of thing. And the one that we like in the race, and we've had a small each-way investment on, is called Kiss and Cuddle. It's a half-brother to Jungle in the Bungle, who's, again, a winner on his debut when he was a two-year-old. And he's only rated 94 on the flat. But there's not a lot between a 94 and a 108-rated when you're looking at breeding sort of types. So we signed up with Kiss and Cuddle at 8-1 to he was when we backed him. But I think he's into about 11-2 now already. So obviously there's stable support. So you got to look in these races of these two-year-olds and see what the stables are backing because they know them a lot better than what anyone else does at the moment. All we can do is look at their pedigrees and go on what their half-brothers and half-sisters have done in the past. So uh, the one in the 115 we're going to side up with is Kiss and Cuddle. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 150 race, the horse we like in this one is Garrus. Uh, Marco Ghiani takes the ride for Charlie Hills. Now, this fella goes very well when he's fresh. He won on his seasonal debut back in 2019. Now, he missed uh, the 2020 season through injury. And then he come back out and he won on his seasonal reappearance in 2021. So he's obviously a horse that likes to go fresh. And he, he won off of a handicap mark of 111, three, one back, three runs back. And he's dropped down to 110 for this. So the handicap has given him a pound back. And uh, also, in one... In the race, he likes drying ground, so the way the weather's been at the moment, it is certainly drying up. A lot of the horses that are in these races like soft and good to soft, and the way the weather's been this week, I think we may well get good good to soft going uh, Doncaster on Saturday, so it's an idea to keep an eye on the weather. Now, this fella definitely wants good to soft to good, where a few of the others in the race want good to soft to soft. So uh, get a check on your horses that you're back, back, betting on and uh, see what sort of going that we've won on in the past as well. So uh, this fella's got good form in the book, and his best run was actually on soft ground, and it was at Ascot behind Dream of Dreams in uh, Class 1, Group 1, where he was only beaten two and three-quarter lengths. So he's a solid form pick. He's solid on his reappearance form, where he's won twice in two seasons when he's come out, and uh, we're going to have uh, an investment on Garrus in the 150 there. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 2.25, uh, hard race this one. Um, we, we're siding up slightly with Empire State of Mind. Jason Hart takes a ride with John Quinn. He's around about a 7 to 2 shot. As I say, it's a hard race here, but he's got a very good line of form. Last time out, he runs second to a horse called Mujtaba, who is actually the favourite to win the Lincoln which is a 3.35 race. Now, Mujtaba beat him two and a quarter lengths at Red Car, which was a very good run, but Empire State of Mind was favourite to win that race. So, uh, 
just bear in mind that when you're coming up to the Lincoln and uh, it may well pay to watch the 225 race and see how Empire State of Mind gets on. And if he goes very well, then obviously get on William Haggis's route Tabber and uh, go from there. Now, prior to that, Empire State of Mind have won three out of his four races and uh, we've got no idea on his seasonal reappearance form as he's only a four-year-old and he only run for that one season so far. So we're, we're betting blind as to how he goes first time out when he's fresh, but I think he'll go very well. And uh, he's priced up, as I say, about 7-2, so just a small win bet there, but you get some information about the Lincoln runners after that race when you see his form, how he stands up. I bet I know what you're on the next one. You chinned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, old The three o'clock race, uh, our favourite chinned it. He's running with Russell Ryan on top for Richard Hannon. Uh, as, as as you know, we like this horse a lot, and he's won us a lot of money in the races that he's won so far. Last season, he come out and he won his first three races. Uh, he loves to go in. He loves a straight race track. He's in a straight mile. Uh, he's rated 112, and the next highest rating in the race is 104. So he's eight pound eight, eight pound was eight pounds well in on the handicap. And he's showing at four to five at the moment. Uh, we backed him earlier in the week at Evens. Now, he's a class horse in the race. He's got the class form in the race. He's got everything pointed in the right direction. And he's raced at a lot higher level than the other three rivals he's taking on. And as we know, he goes very well early season, which we see last year when he run up a little sequence of three wins in a row. So we're definitely going for the nap of the day, chinned it in three o'clock. OK, I thought you would. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a little fella. He is. I think he'll improve a lot this year as well from uh, having the season he had last year. He had quite a busy season, and I think he'll fill out and he'll be a yeah. lot better horse this year as well. But time will tell, and we'll see after three o'clock on Saturday with that one. All right, well, are you going to pick the winner oh, of this God. one? Though? Bloody hell, twenty-two runners. Well. Oh, 22 runners, this is the Lincoln, this is what the day is all about, the opening day of the season for the flat and the Lincoln's uh, race that's always on that day. Uh, it's a mile straight dash and as I say, there's 22 horses in it and trying to weigh up form with horses that are going to get blocked off and not getting a run and things like that. But we've got a little bit of a clue for one called Darkness. David O'Meara trains it and Jason Watson's taking the ride. Now, this fella's only just come out, well, he came over a little while ago from France, and they've been training him directly for this race. Uh, Jason Watson was on racing TV this morning doing a little interview, and he said he's sat on the horse a few times, he's had a ride on him, and he feels like he's a real good horse, and David O'Meara's got him trained for this race specifically. Now, he's got some strong French form, he's won a maiden out there, a stakes race, and a listed race. He's never been in a handicap, and uh, the English handicap has given him a mark of 95, which, being a group, he's run third in a group three, 95 could be very low there, and uh, if he's improved from training on from his French connections, and a lot of these horses go very well when they have a stable change, I think he'll run very well in this race, and he's priced up early this morning at 12 to 1 with bet three six five for six places, or he was with Labbrook's 14 to 1 for five places. So it's our selection in the Lincoln there, and it's a horse called Darkness. Good luck. Yeah. The 410 race, we haven't even bothered looking at it. It's a maiden race, and uh, it's very, very limited form, and it's just not a race that we want to get 
entertaining anything in. So uh, we're just leaving the 410 race alone, and it's like after the Lord Mayor's show there. Yeah. So we're going to move down to the 446. Now, a horse in this race called Love Your Work, trained by uh, trained by Becky Menzies and uh, ridden by A. Farrahan. I think his name's Anthony, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, joining Becky Adam. Menzies. Adam, Adam yeah. Farrahan, yeah. that's it, yeah. Now, this horse has had seven runs since it joined Becky Menzies, and uh, it's gone from strength to strength. He's only finished out the first two on one occasion, and he finished fourth on that race. Now, he's gone up from a 60-odd handicap up to 78 on the all-weather in them seven runs. Now, Becky's taking advantage here and putting him back on turf, and his handicap mark hasn't gone up. He's only running off a handicap mark of 63, so he's actually £15 well in on the handicap, which is to say he's been thrown in there. And uh, if you look, a lot of these horses where they try to take advantage of the handicap mark, they've got no reason why they're going to improve from it. But this fella has. He's gone up through the ranks since he's joined Becky, and uh, he's priced up around about 9-4 to four at the moment, and we think he's going to be an absolute tremendous bet there. So the 4.46 race, love your work. There you go. Moving down to the last race on the card, uh, the 5.16. Sounds like a train coming, don't it? Yeah, These silly times yeah. they put on. Uh, we like the chances of a horse called Invincible Soldier. A uh, young jockey by the name of Owen Lewis is going to be taking the ride. He's a seven-pound claimer and he's trained by Clive Cox. Now, he's one on turf and one on the all-weather, albeit he's only got a couple of wins in a fairly competitive uh, race. And uh, we think the seven-pound is going to help him out here. Now, he won at Salisbury on good to soft going last time out. But the thing that we like about him is he's bred by the sire of a Gurkha. And a lot of the Gurkhas horses need time to fill their frame. And we think that's probably what's going to happen here. But obviously we're doing this in advance and we can't go and have a look at him in the paddock beforehand. But he was a bit gangly last year and I think he needs to fill his frame out. And he probably has done over the winter break. So uh, it's not a race to be having a big bet on, but we're going to have a little nibble on him at 17 to 2 each way with heels. And they're paying four places on the race. So that's Invincible Soldier in the last there at Doncaster. Radio, thank you, Dave. So you're going to leave no all the problem, rest of mate. them alone. And yeah, you're basically telling everybody else to leave them alone. I should think. Well, they, if they have, a, if they've got any sense, they will anyway, won't they? Yeah. So this time of year, you've had you've had the Cheltenham Festival. You're going to have a few of the big big horses running again at Aintree and at Punchestown. But the races in between these three festivals that are at the end of the season, there's a lot of mediocre horses put out and a lot of them don't produce the form that they've got on the card. And it's just just a minefield. If you're trying to back national hunt horses this time of the season, you've gone from very soft going last Wednesday at Cheltenham, which was like absolutely knee deep, to probably going it's going to be good on good to firm side by the end of the weekend so uh yeah. it's very hard to know what's going on with everything and just to take a bit of caution with your bets that you have and check the horses and the going that they like so, okay dave well thank caution. you for that and uh we'll, no, we'll see how we go i must admit i should be pleased to see the old uh flat racing back i do enjoy my flat racing not that I don't enjoy the National yeah. Hunt, but I, I do like flat, I must admit. It always associates to me with going to Salisbury with the sun shining, and you can sit down by the finishing line, have a nice drink, and it's nice. So, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Lovely. Good. Okay, mate. Well, thank you for that. We'll talk to you next week.
Right, well, it seems like an opportune moment to get in touch with our man, Sam, down at Bresbit, or up at Bresbit, I should say. Sam, good morning. How are you? Morning, mate. Not too bad, thank you. Jolly good. Have you got some uh, some stunning special offers for us this week? Hopefully, mate. Yeah, we, we've got a couple of things this week. We, we've done a football double. We've got England to beat Switzerland tomorrow night and Sheffield Wednesday to win tomorrow afternoon. So a bit of a topical one for us with where we're based. Yeah. We've gone from six to four to now being seven to four. Yeah. Which is a best surprise. And then we've got the start of the flat season tomorrow at Doncaster on the racing. Yeah. Um, looks, I don't want to say a disappointing card, but there's only nine in the spring mile, and normally you'd, you'd expect 19. It's, mm. it's a bit of a poor turnout. Yeah. I was reading somewhere earlier that it's the bottom weight for the Lincoln is the lowest it's been in over 20 years or something. So mm. seems oh. a bit of a lack of quality. Yeah. I'm not really sure why, because weather conditions have been absolutely perfect all week. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what we've done there, we, we're going to boost Persian force in the first race of the flat season, the Brockles, where um can be a bit of an unknown race with it being the first five furlong race for two-year-olds. But he's, he's been very, very warm. And, and it's the horse that all the punters seem to want to be on the side of. And we, we're doubling him up with Chindi in the three o'clock, the, the Doncaster Mile. Yeah. So the, the was price for that bet is 11 to 4. We're going to be 100 to 30. Okay, fine. That's good. That's good. And they're, they're, the, two, they're the two specials. As, as always, we'll have other specials on site throughout the day on football and other things. Yeah. But they're the two kind of feature, feature specials this weekend. Okay, well, we all know where to go now. It's www.bresbet.com. So uh, if you don't like those two, but you fancy something else, that's the place to go. So that was Sam up at Bresbet. And don't forget, the website is www.bresbet.com. And now we're going to catch up with our friend Colin Brown again. I'm going to rename the show. I think the Colin Brown show, he's on so much. But he's quite useful at times. So anyway, he's got a few specials here for you. So let's have a listen to see what he's got to tell us. Well, good evening, Colin. Uh, here we are again. It's almost the Colin Brown show this week, isn't it? Hey. What do you mean, here we are again? What's that supposed to mean? Well, we only spoke yesterday, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's my show this week. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Luckily, it's, we it's, got you to be on. It's not the right. racing show any longer. It's the Colin Brown show. So, oh, dear. Poor people. Back to get right? some... Yeah, we want some tips, mate. Come on, I want some tips. I want some winners. Okay, okay. Keep your hair on, not that you've got a lot. No. Um, yeah, we're going to have a little quick peep at Stratford. I always love Stratford. I go there uh, in the, probably about five times a year, and I always host Ladies' Day, and I host Family Fun Day, and it's just a good bit of fun. Do you go and on the Bouncy Castle, job. then? What? Do you go on the Bouncy Castle when you do Fun Day? Um, if I've got time, I do, yeah. Yeah, I they've thought, got yeah. it there for Ladies' Day as well. Yeah. So the Bouncy Castle's always there when it's the old fun days because you bring along the kids and have a nice time, you know. Anyhow, yeah, we've got, got a got, winner or two here. Have you got Stratford, good sorry. glue for the syrup? Um, I don't need glue, I've got such good balance. <laughs> right, come on, then. <laughs> come on, back to the racing. Enough of this chit back chat. Back to the racing. Okay, there's a horse called Bally Bean that I think can win the um, 
the 218 at Stratford. It's trained by Sam Thomas. And um, it's been running quite well. Got the handicap mark of 100. It runs in a novice here today. I was with him the other day um, at, doing a bit of work at Cheltenham. And he said, keep your eye out for this horse. He said, he's only run five times. But, it, you know, a couple of them were in, in point to points. And, um, you know, he's not that good, but he'll... It'll win a little race or two soon when the ground dries up. So that's my first selection at Stratford. Bally Bean in the 218 horse number one, trained by Sam Thomas. Good trainer, Sam. You know, he's yeah. really banging in pl plenty of winners at the moment. And um, we must get him on the show again. I know well, he's been on your show. Yeah, yeah he's been on once. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, okay. We'll get, we'll get him on again. Um, what else do I fancy there? Well, there's a bit of an old veteran's chase at, um, at about 4.38. But there's one of Gary Moore should win here. It's quite a good little race, actually. There's a few uh, bit of prize money here. It's privatory and uh, it's um, privatory. It's won a couple of races um, at Cansomare. Then it came out and won at Sandown the other day, 8th of March. And it absolutely hacked up. It was owned by some people who've had some good horses in the past. And I'd say this one would win again. It's called Privatory. And that is in the 403 at Stratford. Right. Okay. Let's go to. We're going to have a quick nip over to the Curra, if that's all right with you. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah. there's one very interesting runner at the Curra. Well, there's a couple, actually, but one of them runs at the Curragh in the uh, in the Lodge Park Stud Stakes, the Group 3 for fillies and mares you know, mares um, in terms of uh, you know, getting older, when they're four they're called a mare, and this is now a mare, it's called Mother Earth they've kept her in training she was placed at Royal Ascot um, as a three-year-old i mean she got great form and she she won the two the 1000 guineas at newmarket frankie to tory got on a beat saffron beach and then after that i mean she you know she was then second to um she was third to alcohol free at ascot second to snow lantern at newmarket and then she went to doville and then she was placed in ireland came second to saffron beach at new uh newmarket you know and then they fit at Ascot, I think the ground was too soft. And then she went abroad to Del Mar, then Chartin at Christmas time. She finished fourth, not beaten far. Ryan Moore rides her, and I think she will win. Mother Earth at um, the Curra uh, in the, um, let's try and get back to the race. Yeah, at the Curra in the, three, in the 341. Now, we've got Lincoln uh, this weekend, listeners. And the, and Adia, if you're listening, um, yes, I, I am listening. We've got <laughs> oh, good boy. We have got um, a Lincoln in. Um, we got a Lincoln in the Curra. We got a Lincoln in Doncaster, and it's uh, it's quite a competitive race, of course. But um, there's a couple of horses here that just could run big races, and uh, do you know Johnny Murta's going so well. He's got a new horse that's just been sent to him. It's had one run for him, I think. Um, and it's a horse that's uh, got some pretty good form, actually. One at Haydock in softish ground. It might be a bit softish this time. Trained by Roger Varian. Um, it's owned by Ammo Racing Limited. 
And then it's... What's it called? There after winning. It's called... It's called... Radbarg. Radobarg. A-R-A-A-D-O-B-A-R-G. Radobarg. And um, then it was H to Brotto to get a very good run in the Britannia. And then it's run okay a couple of times since. I would say this horse could take a little bit of beating. So that's number nine. I think it'll be number nine. That's in the Irish Lincoln. Radio. Right, let's come back to England. And um, it really is a great race meeting up at Doncaster. You must have been there many times, haven't you? Been to Doncaster a load of times, but I haven't been racing at Doncaster. Oh, no. No, it used oh, to, got, got close, though, because in the early days when we used to go to the Bellevue Stadium, uh, football stadium, that is, obviously, it was right opposite uh, the race course. But um, they moved yeah, then. Right. Doncaster yeah. moved to the, um, oh, what was it called? I think, is it the Keep Moat? Something like that. But anyway, they got a brand new stadium, which was nice. So, uh, But, yes, been there loads of times. Well, OK, well, we've got good racing there. There's one trainer that's got, a big old weekend, uh, Adrian, isn't there? Uh, is there? But, is there? William Haggis. Oh, 30 yes. years. Oh, I yeah. can't believe it. <clears throat> That's that, that was the plug you were going to give, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. 30 a bit, years. A bit slow on the mark oh, no there. <laughs> yeah, no, William Haggis, obviously, he's got, on... he's got a good record in this race as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Do you remember when he won it 30 years ago with high-low? You're uh, probably on your fourth vodka and coke, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, probably. Um, and yeah, high-low won it for William Haggis. He's the most represented trainer at Doncaster, the Lincoln. Um, and he's seeking his record-breaking fifth win in the race. Maximum field of 22 to go to post. The unbeaten at Newt... It's called <coughs> Mutaba. Mutaba leads the new market trainers challenge and uh, he's got an apprentice aboard adam uh, farragher who's uh, coming in for the ride so i think he's got a really really good chance because on saturday you know his retained jockey uh, will be riding mohafeth um in the turf uh, race then out at may down so haggis on saturday listeners has got a right I mean, you could just have a silly old, you know, four-timer because he's got Mohafeth, a top, top-class horse running on the turf out in Maidan. And you've got Alan Kerr in the Shima Classic. And then you've got Grocer Jack in the World Cup. And then you've got Mutabja in the uh, Lincoln. I mean, what a four-timer that would be for the Agashan. Yeah. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if they yeah. all came off. So... Keep an eye on that, listeners, and um, we shall see. Anyway, we've got great racing at Doncaster, and we'll start with the Brockles bit 115, and the favourite will win this. It's called Persian Force. We talked about it on the um, looking forward to the flat, and Persian Force is so well-bred. It's a half-brother horse called Gubas that won the Weatherby Super Sprint at Newbury, and I can't see anything Beaten this. I bet it's been well prepared for the race. Ross and Ryan who rode some big race winners last year for Richard and one or two other trainers like uh, Rafe Beckett takes the ride. We got the Cambridge Trophy up there uh, Adrian. That's a listed race. Again, a really, really, really competitive race. 
Um, what wins that? Well, I think Ors, uh, trained by Clive Cox, can win it. It's called Diligent Harry. He looked, he looked like he was going to be a top, top class horse. Um, uh, but uh, he just, you know, just, um, just uh, started off really, really well. And then he had a couple of flat patches, but he came really good last year and winning. Um, so I think he'll take a bit of beating. And that is Diligent Harry. He won on the, well, he won, he, he won some halfway through the season. But as I say, he's, um, I think he's an improver. So that's the one to be on. Okay. Right, on to the, um, whew, we've got the Spring Mile up there as well. And Paul Cole and um, Oliver Cole, they're, you know, father and son. Um, they, they work, they've got a horse called General Lee there running. And this horse, of course, won at Goodwood, eating Sky Power in the uh, in the big race at Goodwood last year, won the big handicaps there. He'll have to be on his um, best uh, best form to win here today. It's quite competitive, but I think he probably will. General Lee, that's in the 2.25. Um, <clears throat> not many runners in the 3 o'clock, but uh, there's a horse of Richard Hannon's here called Chindit that I think will start. You know, probably odds on favourite. He should win it. They're looking at Lincoln, the Lincoln Heritage Handicap at uh, 335. Uh, we've just mentioned a horse called Mujaba, and he's got an apprentice jockey on that, taking five pounds off his back, and that would really help. Um, and he's around about four to one. He won't be far away. But the other horse that I quite fancy in the Lincoln on Saturday is also, I think, could be a little bit of an improver um, called Notre Bell Beat. Uh, or not to well bet uh, that is in the 335. Anyhow, let us quickly have a little look at one more meeting for Saturday, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Um, we've done the biggies, but um, we're going to have a quick look at Kelso because it's always a great track, Kelso. I love Kelso. I've been there a few times. Have you ever been to Kelso? No, because I told you before, I've never been to Scotland even. Oh, no, that's true. Have you been, like, banned from going there or something? No, 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 no. I've got a clean slate as far as Scotland's concerned, but I haven't actually been there. So, there you oh, go. Okay. Maybe Margaret yeah, will come, we... Mary will come up with me. Margaret, I called her there. Oh, <laughs> Mary, yeah, no, I was just going to mention Mary because um, she'll be quite, she's quite chuffed that the flat season is starting because... Um, you know, she used to worry about me a bit when I was riding and getting falls or whatever, when you get the odd fall. So I yeah. think Mary quite likes the flat racing. And the great thing is, is when the flat racing hits us, um, Mary is, you know, you've got your daffodils out, you've got your tulips coming out soon, you've got the uh, bluebells coming out soon, you can go for nice long walks in the sunshine, and that's what Mary likes, and that's what I like. So that's what reminds me of flat racing really that's the great thing right now up at kelso um i'm going to find your winner or two here um up at kelso there's a horse called big river trained by lucinda russell he's a 12 year old but he's a good consistent old boy and i think he'll win the board the um borders handicap at 245 tom scudamore rides for lucinda russell of course lucinda lives with um with Pete Scudamore, as we all know. Nicky Henderson's got a runner up there called Theatre Glory that 
is in great form. Um, and that is at 3.15. I think that one will win. Um, and one more uh, selection up there. That's come one second. Let me just get it up on my computer. One more selection up there I think will win. And that is in the... Here we are. Yep. That is in the um, last race, the 4.21. And it's called... Bowles reaction. It was trained by Henderson. It was second, uh, not beat well. In fact, beat a short Eric Donny last time out. Before that, it won a point to point, and I think it will win up there at um, Kelso in the four twenty one. You've missed and that. I think you've, um, you've missed one. Okay, go on. Well, uh, I was talking to my friend Milton Harris. And he's driving all the way up to Kelso with Ali uh, Ali Mama Mana, number six. What, Ali what time is that? Uh, that is in the uh, three fifteen, the one you just did. And so, uh, so he's quite. Um, and just the mere fact that he's driving all the way to Kelso with one horse, I think, um, just thought it'd be worth mentioning. Yeah. Definitely, he's in great form. One last time out. When did it win last time out? I knew know so much about it. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if it tells me. Wincanton. 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 Yes, it did on the tenth of March. Yeah, I, I, I can see. I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, you know, he's doing like this. Was a Shadwell horse. This was a horse that was bought out of um, Godson's yard. It was a seventy-five rates flat yeah. horse. He never won on the flat, but um, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, old boy. Yeah, well, I do like to chuck in the odd one or two and hope that I can outdo you, as it were, you know. So, um, Absolutely. Have any of them ever won? <laughs> well, it might be starting. <laughs> it might be started on Saturday. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, I'm only joking. I think you're a very good tipster. Oh, yeah. Right. You say the nicest things, my mate, Colin. My Absolutely. Mate Colin. Well, everybody have a good weekend. It's Mothering Sunday, so... You know, if you're lucky enough to have a mum uh, that's uh, alive and uh, kicking, then make sure you make sure you give her a lovely Mothering Sunday card. And I'm going to Ascot on Sunday, so um, I am working at Ascot Sunday for uh, for uh, Ascot Racecourse doing presentations, mm. and it's a big old sort of day for family day if you like. So we've got Ascot TV, then I'm doing a bit of Hayley Moore, and then I'm doing the race day presentation. So looking forward to that on Sunday. What, what are you up to Sunday? What it must be though to be a you know, to be a celebrity like that. I, I you know, I am <laughs> yeah. in awe I'm in awe of you. Every week I'm in awe of you. Are I, you? I have this celebrity on my radio show. It's amazing. As to what I'm doing on <laughs> Sunday, um well Sunday of course is uh, last of the summer wine day, isn't it? So um me and three, three of my pals will be going to the King's Head in Marriott for a little lunchtime tipple. Um, and after uh -huh. after that, I don't know, it might be some football to watch on the telly. I'm not sure. God, so, you live the life you live. Mm. But uh, no, we always go over to the King's Head and have, and have a little uh, have a little tipple over there with Michael. And um, yeah, it's just all very pleasant, really. It's a typical, very nice. a typical well, sort of Somerset country pub. It's lovely. Lovely. I can imagine. So dominoes in the corner and yeah, you know, packet cards are yellow from cigarettes yeah. back in the 60s. That's it. All, all that sort of thing. They do food there as well. 
Okay. Whereas my local here, I'm banned, so I can't go there. But uh, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find out one day why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay then, Colin. Well, that's it for this week. I take it. So thank you for that, and um, I will speak to you soon. Mm. We certainly will. Have a good weekend, everybody. He says as he puts down his glass of wine. I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colin. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. And you, mate. Cheers for now. So that was Colin Brown with his uh, regular tips for the week. And that does bring us to the end of a pretty full Redbet racing show. So I hope you've enjoyed it. hope you've picked up a few tips. And uh, make sure you join us again next week. Same time, same station. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.